0: High-sticking
1: to breaking down the middle.
0: Here's the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440.
1: Presented by Wolf GMC Buick. We're making it easy. WolfGMCBuick.com.
2: Welcome to the Lowdown. Today's show, the Oilers are in a good spot, a playoff spot today. Ken Holland's final trade deadline and the NFL playoff matchups are set. I have a song that I picked out for my Philadelphia Eagles. I will tell you what the song is and why in Two Shakes of a Lamb's Tale. You can text us or call us at one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty 401 1440 on Twitter, at Low Tide, and at Declan Kruger. The Lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. Hurry in for GMC's joint of the Ride event. No payment for 90 days on every new in-stock 2023 GMC in Buick. Ask for details. Our guest today, Rachel Dory from Staff & Graph Podcast, Jason Greger will be by an hour or two, Scott Petrack, Browns, writer for the Chronicle Telegram, and the Medina Gazette will join us to talk about the Browns. They are in. They got a good matchup. And their quarterback is from the late 19... Well, he's... I mean, he's a quarterback who was famous a long time ago and is still hanging on. And, I mean, who knows? They're a good football team. We'll talk about the Browns today. Okay, where do we go? The first thing we do is we say hello to our our very good friend who will be live on the radio at 140 today getting full bore... It's the full Monty with Declan at one forty today for Mama MMA. How are you, sir?
0: I'm great. You know my dad's name is Monty. Really? Yeah. So full Monty, a little double entendre there. I like that. So
2: Monty Kruger.
0: Monty Kruger.
2: Isn't there a movie? Uh, was there not an Edgar Allan Poe short story called "The Cask of 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 uh, of Monty Kruger"?
0: I uh, was it Monty just, Kruger?
2: No, it wasn't. I'm teasing. Okay. Uh, it was something
0: like that. I'm, See, I'm being,
2: I'm being funny. <laughs> you, you, you got me. You got uh, me. It's just so not funny when I'm funny. Uh, okay. Um, Zach Hyman, our friend Daniel Nugent Bowman, who'll be on the radio tomorrow from the Athletic, wrote a really good piece on Hyman. I hope you caught it on the weekend. Uh, this guy is amazing. I wrote a piece talking about all of Ken Holland's moves, and number one move, and a positive one, was signing Zach Hyman. The best. Free agent in Oilers history. The only guy you could compare him to was a a, a junior graduate who wasn't drafted, Charlie Huddy, but Zach Hyman is all that and whatever—a bag of chips, a bowl of cherries, a partridge in a pear tree. Zach Hyman is just doing it right. He really is, and he plays on the right side of town too. So. Uh, Pierre Lebrun also had an Holland interview out today. I don't know if you've read it at The Athletic, but it's very interesting. This is the final time that Ken Holland in Edmonton, based on what we know, will be the general manager at the trade deadline. And that brings up some really interesting thoughts and ideas. In the interview, uh, Lebrun talks about what the perceived need is. Dylan Holloway gets a lot of play. The goaltending situation is talked about, but Pickard and Skinner are mentioned in a very positive way. And Holland is, you know, he, the, the two things about Holland that I really like are number one, he'll tell you what he's thinking. And then number two, he's a very careful guy. And so um, I think, I think what, you know, the gist of it, please read it because it's worth reading, is he's got a lot of things that he's thinking about. And the m- movement of the team, the additions of, by the team will be based on what happens between now and the deadline. So, I guess Mr. Pickard and the defense and Dylan Holloway, you're up because the first line of of solution is internal, and we'll see. Um, I'm not sure that we've seen a call. Can you keep an eye on the orders when you're typing? I know I you're you're not I know. looking for that. I'm distracted. Sorry. No, no, don't please. I, I it's part of the show now. It's it's like um, it's like. When it's not there, I miss it. Right. You know what I mean? It's like something's
0: missing. Yeah.
2: And so it's, it's, I mean, what I find interesting is why you clang and clamp so loud that I hear it and I listen to the other shows and I never hear it.
0: That can't possibly be well, true. Well, it is so. Because you know what? I'll tell you. Listening back to The Gregor Show, I'll hear Connor typing.
2: Yeah, because you're listening for it. You don't even have to listen for it on this show. You can't hear me for <laughs> so, the sound of your typing. So
0: you really think it is me then, putting a little extra oomph into I, it? I
2: think maybe your your swimming career gave you extra torque.
0: Yeah, maybe. well, you know, you know, you know boxing as well might do that. Might what torque was your, up the forearms.
2: What was your best stroke? I right? was
0: a backstroker. Really? Yeah. Eh?
2: Wow. Yep. what about breaststroke that thing sucks oh, i don't know why the hell they don't uh, it.
0: Cool. i was a terrible breaststroker Al, we, we work in the mall as as is well documented if 10 people walk past us you could take nine of them and they would be better breaststrokers than me that's the how bad of a breaststroker process I was.
2: of a breaststroke is designed to watch somebody drown
0: <laughs> yeah I, yeah i can go with that listen God, it's, it's just, not for the faint of heart I'll tell it you truly
2: out. is not all right the, please read the LeBron and the DNB. And you can read mine too. Stuff at the Athletic. Lost for Oiler fans today. William Nylander, 11.5 million times eight years. I want to go through this. They're really important. Because I see all the smart Alex online ripping, oh, the Leafs are so stupid. You can do this. But you have to have a plan. And this is why development, uh, draft and development is so important. Procurement is so important. Because the Leafs can sign Nylander, and they can overcome it. And here's how. So, Todd Bertuzzi will go to free agency. And that will take care of the, the extra amount being put, played uh Nylander next year. What you have to do is you have to replace Todd Bertuzzi internally. Well, up comes Matthew Nice. And maybe he's not it, but he's the guy that you plug and play. This is Sam Pollock 101. And the Leafs have it. And so when people say, well, the Oilers can't sign Leon. Yes, they can. Because they can walk Evander Kane when Leon is signed. And then they have to have somebody to replace Kane. And I know you're saying Dylan Holloway, but it doesn't necessarily work like that. If they have to sign Kane, and I think that would be a risk because of his age, then they may have to be forced to do that. But you can move, say, mm, I don't know, Brett Kulak, and bring in Broberg. And you could, you know, if Ernie were making more, you could bring in Raphael Lavoie. The Oilers have options. They have young players. So far, they haven't trusted the young players. Now, part of that is Ken Holland's traditional slow play. I'm not absolutely certain in the case of Broberg that they really see him as being the guy. And I think that's a mistake. The times that he's been auditioned and played as a regular, he's done well as an Edmonton oiler. But if you're looking for a way to get Leon's extra dough to Leon when he's, when he's signing the big contract... Ala Nylander and Matthew Nyes replacing um, Tata Bertuzzi. The way to do it easily is to trade Brett Kulak and then put Philip Roberg in there. Roberg will be around a million dollars next year. You draft and develop or you perish. That's the deal. NFL weekend. I'm going to talk to my friend Declan in a second here about it. I just want to say this, that people are like texting me, not so much tweeting me, which I appreciate, but texting me what's going on with the Eagles. Look, There's a thing called getting old, and it affects all of us. I would like to do jumping jacks, and I'd like to do cartwheels, and I'd like to jump from one end of this mall to the other in three bounds. None of that will happen. I'd rip everything. You'd hear this moaning and this loud noise and sirens. Aging sucks, but it is a part of life. So the Eagles veterans on the line, I I think some are going to the Hall of Fame. I will remember them forever. I love them. Letcher Cox, Brandon Graham on defense, Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson on the offensive line. They're all older. They've all played a ton, a ton of snaps. And I love them all. And, and, and not ever all of them will retire. But when when you get old, I always call it too long at the fair. And I don't know why, but since a child, when when something happens like this and it occurs to me that the Eagles just got old in a hurry, I remember songs. And the song that I remembered in regard to the Eagles when they were losing out yesterday is by Jackson Brown. And it's called The Pretender. You can look it up or listen to it on Spotify or wherever you listen uh, to your favorite music. And the line is, say a prayer for the pretender. That's where the Eagles are now. They are, they have been a contender. They have been a Super Bowl champion. They have been, Brandon Graham played in the 60s, I think. He's played a long time with this team. Fletcher Cox, I mean, he might be my favorite all-time Eagles player. I love him. I mean, Kelsey and Johnson, I love them too. Love them all. But this group needs to be replenished. That means young players on the line, and that's what you will see in Philadelphia. I'm not saying they won't win next week, but I'm saying that say a prayer for the pretender. Okay, I want to talk about your Buffalo Bills. Could you please give me 90 seconds or less on the Buffalo Bills that doesn't include any profanity?
0: All right, well, I'll keep it very simple. Got hot at the right time, a very resilient team. Listen, Josh Allen is a turnover machine. That's well documented. But when you can make the throws he makes, and I know he missed Steph Diggs on that one. I'm not going to excuse that. By a mile. By a mile, and what was wide open should have hit him. Diggs has every right to be very mad at them, especially when you beat an elite corner like Jalen Ramsey. Turnover machine, but when you can do the things he does When you can run an offense the way he does, you take those turnovers because, you know, on the flip side, you're going to have big electric offensive plays. Is it going to hurt you in the playoffs? Likely it will. Is it going to hurt you against the Pittsburgh Steelers who don't have a quarterback? No, I don't think so. I'm looking past that matchup. We're looking on to the divisional round, but the Bills are the hottest team in the NFL right now. I think that's fair to say. That the team no one wants to play. And I think we have a real, real good shot to get to the conference championship game against the Ravens.
2: And they avoided death in the first round, right? Like they yes. avoided having to play the team that nobody wants to play.
0: This is, well, they're the team that no one wants to play. And Pittsburgh, all, all respect to Pittsburgh and what Mike Tomlin has done with that organization and the way he's able to get them in the playoffs every year with nothing. Hall of Fame coach, no question. But this is the best possible matchup for the Buffalo Bills.
2: Yeah. Steelers fans are talking smack out there right now.
0: You know, Steelers fans. Like, credit to them, man, because they're always there. They're always in the mix, and they shouldn't be. And like I said, Mike Tomlin gets them there, and he is an incredible coach, and he works well with nothing. But... They're capped out. This is about the, as good as it's going to get for the Steelers this season. And it's it's an overperformance, no question. But to, to talk smack to the hottest team in the Buffalo Bills that I think outmatches you every single place on the football field, it's pretty rare you'll run into a team that outmatches you every single position on a football team. I think that's what the Steelers have run into with the Bills. No disrespect. They got their credit to them. But we're looking past them.
2: Now, are you ready for a mama MMA? Have we got anything to talk about today?
0: There, You know what? There were some huge fights announced last night. Okay, huge fights. Right. So
2: we're going to get into all that. Beautiful. That'll be a 140 today. Um, yeah. I mean, we could go over. Like, I think Dallas looks good. I think they earned the the the, the title in the NFC. I have no quarrel with that. Uh, they're the better team. The Eagles finished one and five. They're junk.
0: Eagles got very cold at the
2: worst time. Very old at the worst time. Yeah,
0: they more. Listen, when Jalen Hurts isn't tush pushing for four yards every play, things get a little tough. They gotta
2: change the name of that, you know, or bring back ZZ Tops well, Tush. They call
0: know? it the brotherly shove. Because tush push, like is, tush push is sort
2: of like a dance you do, you know, with your person you love, you know, like it's sort of, you know, I think there's a, a, a moray in there.
0: I, I will say, low tide, I have no faith in the Eagles, but if you're looking for a favorable matchup, yeah, it you're probably right. was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah,
2: you're right. Uh, national championship game. Um, how do you see this? How do you see this game? I'd I'd like Warren Moon to play. That won't happen. You think you're gonna cheer for Washington, but you think Michigan wins? Is that am I correct in that?
0: That is absolutely correct. I just think Michigan is a far better team defensively. Okay. I, I think Michigan can win the game at the line of scrimmage. Washington's defense has not been very good all season. Washington can can air the ball out. They can make huge plays offensively on the back of Michael Penix. But I think when things get, what get tough, they get gritty. Michigan is the better team on the line. I think defense wins championships. I think Michigan has enough offensively, mostly on the back of Blake Corum, to get this done. I like Michigan. I'm cheering for Washington because if Washington wins, I get to wave the loser flag that says Oregon's actually the second best team in oh, the nation, nice. okay. which I'm very much looking forward to. But I, I just think Michigan... Michigan is too much working for him.
2: All right. That is very fair. Um, I just want to make this really quick, and you can comment on it if you want, uh, uh, Monty's Monty's boy. Um, the Elks made a move, and everybody's talking about it. And I have a phrase that I, I've used many times in my life, and it's when a when a management group or a coach makes a decision like signing McLeod Bethel-Thompson, uh, and that means Trey Ford will be the backup. I always say, okay, but you better be right. And this, uh, Trey Ford is like the reason Elks fans are excited. And clearly the head coach is not excited by Trey Ford. So I think that, that you know, you hired your coach, he's your guy, but he better be right. And we'll see. It's not like, you know, McLeod Bethel Thompson is coming in, you know, um, and I mean, the the rumored amount, uh, at least with bonuses, is is outrageous. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of Trey Ford this coming season. But I, I think that Jones clearly doesn't trust the guy he drafted. And McLeod Bethel-Thompson is the guy now. I don't see any other way around it, based on what we're hearing about the salary. So go your best, but you better be right. What are your thoughts on it? Do you have any anything you'd like to add?
0: I, I I just don't really get it. Like McLeod Bethel-Thompson is 35 years old. Trey Ford has won games on the back of his own skill set, and the fans are excited about him. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think McLeod Bethel-Thompson is a better quarterback than Taylor, Taylor Cornelius. I don't think many would dispute that. But I don't think it is so much of an upgrade. And the thing is, people might say, "Oh, he's just coming in to coach Trey Ford to be a veteran guy for him." They're paying him 500K with incentives. Yep, they have you to don't play him. you don't pay a guy 500K unless you're going to play him. And I just don't get it. I think I, from what I saw this past season, Trey Ford is ready to lead the team. He can be a franchise quarterback. And like we just said, the fans get excited about him. I don't get the move but all credit to McLeod Bethel-Thompson. Get paid. Go play your game, young man.
2: Yeah, I agree with all of that, and it'll be very interesting. It's already an interesting offseason. Okay, here's the lineup today. Scott Petrick will join us next to talk about the Cleveland Browns. He's the Browns writer for the Chronicle, Telegram, and Medina's Gazette. Uh, Rachel Dory will join us at 1240 today. Got a litany of questions for her. Uh, she's from Staff and uh, Graph uh, Podcast. She's been on, like, for three weeks, and you already love her because she gives great information and great insight. NHL Rumors at 1, Jason Gregor at 120, And our man here, Mama MMA with Declan at 140. Busy, busy day. Your comments as well. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports
0: 1440.
2: This is the Lowdown. Alan Mitchell, Declan Kruger.
0: Where did we go there? Well, Low Tide, I'll tell you, we were supposed to be playing Secret Heart there by Ron Sexsmith. Yes, it's his birthday today. And the oh. audio is not coming through. We're going to rectify that coming over okay. the next break. All right. well, that's we'll make fine. sure. So we're going in cold this time. You that's know,
2: okay. I mean, it's his birthday. He probably, you know, he was tuning his guitar, something like that. We don't worry about that stuff. It is the lowdown. And we're brought to you by Wolf GMC Buick. I say how to Doug. Get to married today. And I, I followed one of their vehicles in from St. Albert. Very courteous driving. Obeyed all the rules. Used their blinker light, turning left. Did not speed. Very impressive. And a nice looking vehicle. And it was clean, which is hard to do. By the way, minus is it minus 37 later this week? It's some god-awful, god-forsaken amount. So make sure that your vehicle is plugged in if you need it. Make sure you're, like, lots of gas. I'm not going to do the dad thing and, you know, bags of sand in the trunk. But make sure you're ready because it's going to be damn cold. Have a blanket in the back and maybe some Mars bars or Snickers. I like the Wonder Bar. Anyway. I have derailed the conversation. Joined now by Scott Petrick, Browns writer for the Chronicle Telegram and Medina Gazette. How about minus 37? That's a little cold, like 40 below. Not not really uh, cl- weather that you maybe want to go outside and not play football either. I bet the, the Browns are glad they're not playing in Canada this weekend. Oh
3: my God, that scared me just hearing that number.
2: <laughs> scares me too, and I got to drive in it and go out and probably well I can't mow the lawn but I'll probably have to shovel some snow. Uh the, I feel like the Browns are a story that it, you know we we you know trash them and there's always bad news but they're in. They have a good matchup. Uh, I think I mean if you're a Browns fan this is a pretty good pretty good opportunity, right?
3: Yeah, people are feeling good around here. Um they've, they've stood a lot this year. You know, they had to start they lost Deshaun Watson, they lost Nick Chubb, they lost their top three tackles and yet they figured out a way to keep winning games and then they get Joe Flacco and he's given everybody hope right the team was good enough I think to get to the playoffs but with Joe Flacco they think the ceiling's even higher he's played at a really um, unbelievable level over the last four games going for 300 yards in each of the games that's 13 touchdowns 1600 yards so yeah I-, I think the Browns are feeling good about their team they have the number one ranked defense uh, so there's expectations going into the playoffs,
2: and it's the, the you, you mentioned the number one ranked defense and Flacco. I mean, like if he gets hurt, then then we got trouble. But but I, it feels like this is a script that that teams have run successfully. Great defense and a veteran quarterback who I mean he has the journeyman tag, but he has done it before. It's not like it'll be news to the. Uh, how is the um, because they they didn't have to play everybody and they didn't have to win yesterday. How's the general health of the of the uh, starting uh, starting group?
3: Yeah, it's pretty good. They one of their their number three receiver, Ricky Cedric Tillman, um, entered the concussion protocol yesterday. Their kicker, Dustin Hopkins, who had an outstanding year, um, hurt his hamstring on Christmas Eve, the first game that they went down to Houston and played, and he's I don't know, questionable slash doubtful. For the playoff opener, um, Grant Delpit, a safety, could come off IR, but that'll be a question mark. But, you know, for this late in the season and everything they've gone through, they're relatively healthy. So I think they feel good about that. And, yeah, you know, you have seen the script before. You know, Nick Foles in Philadelphia winning that Super Bowl is, comes to mind, and the Bronx have the same defensive coordinator and Jim Schwartz that the Eagles had. Um, and, you know, and, but Flacco you know i think he's more than a journeyman you know you won a super bowl he's 10 and 5 he was super bowl mvp he's 10 and 5 in his career in the playoffs he's got seven playoff road wins so all that stuff has really given this team confidence
2: uh, you mentioned chubb and he's like i'll be honest with you he's one of my favorite players i love him and i miss that he's not playing um how much they like how m- much of the running game are we going to see obviously playoff game obviously you know late in the year uh, how much of the Browns going to run the ball?
3: Well, they didn't run it very well. They beat Houston 36-22 on Christmas Eve, and it was 36-7 in the fourth quarter, and they did it without running the ball. So I-, I think they need to find a balance, and we saw the run game, if you watched it Thursday night, went over the Jets a couple weeks ago. They clinched the playoff spot. The Browns finally ran it well, and it had been about a month since they'd run it well. So... It's not going to be easy. It's tougher to run without Chubb. I mentioned they're missing their tackles. Um, so it's been a little bit of a, a chore trying to run the ball. And this is a team that, under Kevin Stefanski, the coach, has run it great. And, you know, they were in the top you know, the top top of the league or top five in the league for a long time this year, even without Chubb, because they still figured out a way. I think defense has caught up to them. They had some quarterback issues. Um, so, I mean, they're going to come out throwing it, but I do think, They'll be able to run it a little bit, and I think they have to have some kind of balance just so it's not 48 throws uh, by Joe Flacco.
2: Scott Petrick, our guest, Browns writer for the Chronicle, Telegram, and Medina Gazette. Now, we've talked about Stefanski, we've talked about Flacco. I think a couple of weeks from now, this organization is going to have some award winners based on you know Coach of the Year, uh, maybe Garrett wins an award, Flacco could be Comeback Player of the Year. This could be a really eventful and newsworthy January for the Browns.
3: Yeah, it really could be. And, you know, you hope for their sake that it's not a one and done in the playoffs, right? That it's not, uh, you know, they get all these awards, but they were bounced early and that there's some momentum and they can win a game or two. I I think that would, you know, make everybody feel better and really kind of validate the awards. But having said that, to me, Kevin Sapansky is the landslide coach of the year. Um, I I probably wrote that six weeks ago because I thought he had done an unbelievable job. And that's even before Joe Flacco. Just winning games with Dorian Thompson Robinson, the rookie, and PJ Walker. Talk about a journeyman. He comes in and he wins a start, and he comes off the bench and wins one, and he sort of won another one in Seattle, but he threw a dumb interception. Um, you lose Nick Chubb. Just all the things they've gone through, and for Stefanski to have them at 11 and six, and you know 11 and five before the game that they didn't care about yesterday, and he's a play caller. <laughs> he's figured out a way to score points with this team. Uh, I think is truly remarkable. Garrett. I think he holds on and wins Defensive Player of the Year. You know, T.J. Watt made another push on Saturday um, and got to 19 sacks, but Garrett's been dominant, and you know, they call him the best player on the best defense in the league, and that should mean something. Um, You know, Andrew Berry could win the Executive of the Year award as the GM. So yeah, there's a lot here, and they got five pro bowlers and six alternates. So there's a lot of you know kind of rewards coming for this season
2: so Scott, I'm an Eagles fan and I'm watching this team kind of disintegrate. One of the areas that they're having a hard time with is on each line, offensive and defensive. they're a little old they're long on the tooth they've had some some injuries but the Brown, nobody can complain to the Browns about uh, injuries, especially along the line uh, how important it is is it for that group to be able to hang together uh, as we enter the playoffs and certainly in the game coming up?
3: Yeah, it's it's big. And, you know, luckily for them, they have their three interior guys, center Ethan Posick, and then left guard Joe Batoni and right guard Wyatt Teller. And Posick was an alternate. Batonio's been a pro bowler six straight years and an all-pro, and Teller's been a pro bowler in the past. So they got those three guys. Now, they're on their, like, fourth and sixth tackles, if you look at the opening eight depth chart. Got Jaron Christian who started the year with Houston, and they got cut and wound up. The Bronx picked him up off the street, and he's, played at left tackle because Dredrick Wills got hurt. Um, and then James Hudson the third is a former fourth round pick that's starting because Jack Conklin got hurt in week one and then Dewan Jones, the rookie who played really well, he got hurt. So they figured out a way though to make up for not having your starting tackles and they help him out and they get it out of their hand you know, out of Flacco's hands quick, or they have David Njoku, the tight end chip and then release and he's been able to catch and run. So again, you talk about coaching, I think a lot of that's coaching. Now they're gonna be tested. Um, The Texans did not do a good job rushing the Flacco last time they played, but Will Anderson Jr. didn't play. Um, Jonathan Grenard left early, and those are the two best pass rushers. So that's going to be a key to the game is how those tackles hold up. But I trust Defansky to figure out a plan to help those guys where that doesn't become the thing that sinks them.
2: Scott Petrick, our guest, Browns writer for the Chronicle, Telegram, and Medina Gazette. You know, one thing just as an observer of the Browns this year – uh, is no, and I hate this no matter what happens because it implies that we think they're not going to do well in the playoffs, and that isn't the case. But no matter what happens, I think it's a victory for the entire organization because w- what we're not talking about is Deshaun Watson right now. And, mm-hmm. and you know, it, it would be so easy because of the, 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 the assets given up, the massive contract to do that. But this team, like, is standing up and all alone and on its own, Uh, And, I I mean, just from the point of view, like you're right, I mean, I I bet it is so much more fun to write about this team and what they're doing than that, right?
3: Oh, there's no doubt. And I think from a fan base, it's easier to cheer for um, without Deshaun Watson, whatever you think about him. I think it's easier for at least a chunk of the fan base. Um, Joe Flacco is an easy guy to get behind. And, you know, from a football perspective, Watson had just played his best game when he got hurt. You know, against the Ravens, he was 14-14 in the second half. It was a you know, one of their best wins of the year. And then he goes on IR for the rest of the season with a broken bone on that shoulder. Um, but, yeah, they bounce bounced back. They have Flacco. And it's not about Watson in that contract, in the trade. And, you know, somebody actually reminded me today that that's the connection with another connection with Houston, yeah. right, is Watson's from there. Um, obviously, the trade was from Houston. Like, both franchises or Texans have benefited from that trade. The Browns have figured out a way to win, kind of despite that trade, because Watson hasn't given them what they expected. Um, and, and you're right; you're from a big picture perspective. You know, but no, no matter how the season ends, Kevin Safansky and Andrew Barry are getting contract extensions, and they're probably getting them because they figured out a way to win without their $230 million quarterback having the impact everyone expected him to have.
2: Yeah, and it's you know, it's there are some organizations when when the Monday after the end of the regular season happens that you're sort of on pins and needles because you know there's going to be changes and we've already seen a few in the NFL. Browns have been a part of that, but the, this year not and actually they got a great coach. How how hopeful, how hopeful for the future are Browns fans in your opinion?
3: Yeah, I think I mean, I think they're hopeful. I think they finally come around to Stefanski. I mean, you know, it's tough as a coach. and tough as a play caller. There's a lot of criticism that you get. Um, and Stefanski had a big honeymoon here because they went to the playoffs and beat the Steelers in the playoffs in his first year. Then they missed the playoffs for a couple of years. You know, the GM Andrew Barry took some grief and, you know, the Watson trade particularly. But I do think because of the way the season has gone, because if you look at the roster, there's a lot of good players on the roster. I think there is a sense of, you know, this team can be good for a while, but at the same time, you don't want to give up this chance, right, because there are going to be salary camp issues coming up, and, you don't, you know, they're going to go back to Watson next year. You don't know exactly how that's going to go. So I think there's a feeling of, yeah, they're going to be good, but, you know, let's kind of catch lightning when you can.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for this. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. There you go. When did they sign Flacco? It was late, right? Like, it was, it was late, and he has just been lights out for them
0: yeah like I want to say week 12 it would have been
2: yeah like I mean we're talking I think it might be December it might have been in December and I mean it's a great it's a Cinderella story but they're a good team right
0: no yeah great team and again let's check through their defense it was November 20th okay signed him November 20th so very yeah late in the season
2: all right very late in the season very late in the season okay all right I'm more excited for the Browns than I am for the Eagles, even though I'm an Eagles fan, because I I feel like I know where the Browns are headed and I'm not trying to, or I'm sorry, where the Eagles are headed. I, I, I am, I am so thankful. I'm not, I'm not going to bitch and moan. I've got to watch Fletcher Cox and Lane Johnson and Jason Kelsey and Brandon Graham. I think Brandon Graham was there before anybody and just fantastic football players for a long, long time. And, and, you know, they, they, away shady but but that that group was there a long time and i think i think it's uh the clock has struck midnight in philadelphia browns they they may they may last a while and look at those new england patriots what a record they had do you think hoodie's
0: gone well he's still under contract as of right now
2: um and I, it is Monday, and it's past noon. It
0: is, you know. Ron Rivera was fired from the Commanders. Uh, Arthur Smith was fired from the Falcons. So the fire firings have been happening. Yeah. I just think this may be one of these: is the grass really greener situations? Yeah. And I think Kraft is kind of looking and saying, you know, it might seem like the right move based on recent performance without Tom Brady, but is the grass really greener? So I'll be, I'll be a little. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and say it. I'll be a little surprised if he's let go.
2: Okay. Well, that's good info because you know your stuff. All right. Lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick. On the way, Rachel Dory from Staff and Grab Podcast. We're going to talk about the Edmonton Oilers, the Calgary Flames, and the big signing today by the Toronto Maple Leafs. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440.
1: Secret heart Word
2: It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440. Happy birthday to Ron Sexsmith. Coming up at 1 o'clock today, we've got rumors, NHL rumors today. Jason Greger in hour number two and Declan's Mama MMA at 140. Delighted to be joined right now by Rachel Dory from Staff and Grab Podcast. Are you still on holidays or are you back from holidays, Rachel?
1: I am very much still on holidays. I am taking this call in thirty degree weather by the beach. <laughs>
2: oh well, first of all, we're so sorry that we interrupted you because uh, Declan, my producer, said she's on holiday, and I said, "Well, she accepted my question, de- <laughs> my, my questions, so let's see if she'll answer the phone." Well, thank you. Thirty degrees. You are obviously, clearly, a fine person for taking our call. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I would have or not. I'll be honest with you. I mean, you're at the beach, right? My goodness.
1: Yeah, I can't complain, really. There there are worse things I could be doing than uh, chatting with you while sitting by a pool. So I'm, <laughs> I'm more than happy to join, especially with all the, the hockey stuff that's happening. It it kind of uh, gives me a good little break from my vacation mind, gets me back into the swing of things a little bit.
2: There you go. Uh, w- William Nylander, uh, uh, you know, it's a lot of money. He's having a, a great year. I, I think the, the Leafs probably calculated that they could get him for a little less, as it turns out. He's just really ripping it up. What What are your thoughts on the signing and and what uh, what is ahead for this team that clearly is going to have to find room, you know, under the cap for next year?
1: Yeah, I think um, when you look at a player like William Nylander, we're talking about a forty goal scorer, and those don't grow on trees, right? Those are really difficult to find. And while it is market value for Nylander, and the Leafs kind of have a habit of handing out market value contracts as opposed to ones that are under market value, let's say. Um the reality of the situation is it's the least looked at moving Nylander in the summer and they were only gonna move them if they could get a high impact defenseman. And those don't grow on trees either. And so the reality of the situation is, is you're better off having William Nylander at 11 a half, at eleven and a half than you are having Brendan Gallagher and Josh Anderson at eleven and a half. Right, So yes, that's two hockey players, but the summation of their contracts is equal to what William Nylander would be paid, and I'm sure if I gave you the options, you'd probably choose door number one. So I think at the end of the day, the elite players are going to get the elite money, and that maybe squeezes out the middle class a little bit, and that's something that the Leafs are going to have to deal with come next season, but then after that, you've got Tavares who's going to be on a significantly lower deal but next year Joseph Wall is going to be there on a significantly underpaid deal Matthew Nyes is on his ELC Fraser Minton Easton Callen likely Topi Niemela they've got enough guys that can come in and fill in at contracts that are a million bucks or less but I think they will be fine and the reality of the situation is is those four players that they've got at the top end of their lineup are good enough to carry that team. Yeah,
2: and they do have some UFAs falling up or Tuzi, Domi, Brody. So, they have some coin to spend and the cap is going up. What I what I do find interesting about the group that they have now is the the, the Leafs and they've been for some time um <clears throat> Kyle Dubas was really good at this. But they can plug holes well. I like Matthew Nice as a guy who can step up in the years to come. Right now, Martin Jones is playing for eight seventy five, and I'm not suggesting he's going to be, you know, the the modern version of Johnny Bauer here. But he's playing well, and I, I do like the 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 MacGyver-ish, uh look of the the Leafs. They they don't necessarily. Um you know, panic or make a panic move. I think Martin Jones, I, I don't know how long he'll be playing at this level, but that that was a pretty good check down from what they had and it has worked out at least in the short term.
1: Yeah, it absolutely has. And that's not something I think that they should bet on to continue. Obviously Joseph Wall is somebody who has proven that when he's healthy he is a very good goaltender and that he's making below the league minimum because of when his contract was signed. And so that's as a feel of a deal, the Sam Sonoff contract comes off the books this year as well, and I would hazard to guess that that is not going to be someone that they extend uh, for numerous reasons. But Martin Jones has been somebody that's come in and has spot duty. The Dennis Hildeby, um draft pick. I was um, employed by Vancouver when that selection was made, and that was somebody that I really liked. I, I even though he was an overager, that was a goaltender. And I thought was significantly undervalued at the time. And so I'm not really surprised to see that he's had the success that he's had at the AHL level. And I do think that if Martin Jones falters, yes, Dennis Hildeby is somebody without NHL experience, but we've seen time and time again that when you do not have a book on a goaltender, uh, they're very difficult to read. And so I wouldn't expect Martin Jones to continue his 932 save percentage, but I wouldn't be surprised if he – the nine Oh five. And the reality is this Joseph Cole is near a return. And so, um, I don't think it's going to be that much of a worry going forward. Um, if he can come in and give you some spot duty while Sam Stronoff finds his game and get something from Dennis Hildeby, then I think they'll be okay.
2: Rachel Doria, our guest from staff and graph podcast. I wanted to ask you about Ken Holland. Uh, the otters are, uh, you know, probably looking for a setter, uh, maybe you're right. Defense uh, goaltending for sure. But there's there's conversations about what assets will be given up. Twenty twenty four first round pick uh, seems to be a no brainer. But also Philip Broberg may or may not be in play. And I wanted to get your idea about what Broberg's value is. Uh, I suspect the twenty twenty four first round pick has more value. But it, would Broberg himself be enough to turn the wheel or turn get the opportunity to bring in somebody like as a as a full blown piece sent out, or would you need to package him? Uh, maybe with a pick.
1: I think you probably need to package him. To me, Philip Broberg um, is somebody that the Oilers took a swing on. I did not have him that high in his draft year. And while I do think he's an NHL defenseman, his ability to read the game worries me a little bit. Obviously he's got the size and he's got the skating. And when you have the size and the skating and you haven't made it at this point, there is obviously a reason for that. And he's a half a point a game in the AHL, which is just, that's, not going to be something that perks up the ears of other GMs. Like That's not an asset that is going to net you a top-end defenseman. If you want help in goal, help on the blue line, that is going to come in the form of meaningful help, um, that's, Philip Broberg is somebody you're going to have to move with somebody else. Perhaps Philip Broberg is somebody that they strap to a contract to send out so that they have the ability to bring another asset that maybe makes a little bit more money in. But the reality of the situation is his value has, he was never more valuable than on the day he was drafted. Right. And they could have solved their goaltending problems by simply drafting Jesper Volstead. And you and I have talked about this. And I mean, now he's been called up by Minnesota. And so I think when you look at it, um, if the Oilers want an impact player, they're better off trying Philip Roberg and giving him an extended run, and if not, he's probably somebody that has to be part of a package to get an impact player. Somebody like a, a Noah Hannafin, not that I think a deal between Edmonton and Calgary would ever happen for a player of that magnitude.
2: <laughs> now that brings me to my next question, uh, Rachel Doria, our guess, because I'm fascinated by the Flames. They, they lost two in a row on their road trip. They are fading a little bit. It's not like they're out of it, but they played 40 games, and they have 39 points. So they're, they're below uh, 500 points percentage. And they're behind Seattle, Edmonton in the top three, Vancouver, Vegas, and L.A. Um, if you were a part of that organization, would you be leaning towards selling off these free agents? There have been rumors that that maybe they're trying to take one more swing in Hannafin, but at some point in time, does it behoove them to get real value on a guy? I think Hannafin has high value. Uh, if you're looking at the future of the Flames, Uh, They could probably use a young player, but do they want to make that decision? Is this the time maybe to start offloading some of these free agents?
1: I think it is. I think you're spot on there. When you look at it, uh, Calgary's just not good enough. They just haven't been able to get things going. You've got Elias Lindholm and Noah Hannifin as the premier free agent. And Noah Hannifin, we just talked about how good defensemen do not grow on trees. And while Noah Hannifin is not, a top-pairing Hampus Lindholm, Charlie McAvoy, that kind of Norris-caliber defense. And Noah Hannafin is more than capable of being a three or four on a contending team. And I think if you're Calgary, you're in a situation where you are not contending. Your future is going to be built around Matthew Coronado and Jacob Peltier and Dustin Wolf and a number of the other young players that they have coming up through the pipeline, Samuel Hanzek is another one that they've drafted. I think it it would behoove them to get as many quality as opposed to quantity assets for Noah Hannafin as possible, and frankly, I think the same of Elias Lindholm. I think they have an opportunity here to really get some, some assets through the door that are going to help them along the timeline that they are building upon and have that sort of quick reboot that somebody like the Dallas Stars have had. Because they've, they've done well with their drafting, in my opinion, and so I think they're not as far off as people think they are, but I don't think that signing those guys to contracts is the right decision here. I think there are enough teams around, whether it's Boston with Elias Lindholm or a number of teams that could use a defenseman in, like Noah Hannifin, that they could really get some some really good assets to help them in the not too distant future
2: wanted to ask you a football question too the buffalo bills i i watch them number one because my friend travis yost is a bills fan and he he can't he is so concise in all of his numbers but he's a fan of the bills and it's a totally different vibe when you're talking to him about the bills and i i think they're a fun team but i also think that that you know, fun teams and chaotic teams often don't go deep. Can they win the Super Bowl with this much roller coaster chaos they seem to build into every game?
1: I truly, I don't think they can. I don't think they get past the Ravens. Never mind the Super Bowl. Um, you've got quite a few teams that are really good. I think if Miami beats KC, they probably get by Miami. Um, but I, under no circumstances. Outside of Lamar Jackson getting hurt, um, which is always something that you never hope happens, but is always a possibility in football. Outside of Jackson getting hurt, I think when you look at it, you nailed it. The roller coaster that the Buffalo Bills go on in any given game, whether it's an ill-timed interception or an awful penalty or a poor play call, it's always a roller coaster and teams that are roller coasters have issues winning, whether it's hockey or baseball or football. And you look at some of the other teams like the Baltimore Ravens or the San Francisco 49ers, who for my money, like that's who I've got my money on, barring obviously any major injury. Um, I think the Buffalo Bills are far too volatile. And you look at the numbers and the numbers say that they are a good team. But they're not a better team than the Ravens, and they're certainly not a better team than the 49ers. So I think the Cinderella run to the playoffs was fantastic. And I do think Josh Allen probably should get a real shot at the MVP because of what he did. But when you're that volatile and you're going to come up against teams like the Ravens and the 49ers that really put the sticks to teams that make errors, that's going to be a problem for the Bills.
2: Never let it be said that you are not an absolute professional because you took our call well at the beach in the middle of a obviously great day with a lot of sunshine. Thank you, Rachel. Anytime. Okay, there you go. Rachel Dory, Staff and Graph uh podcast. Honestly, be honest with me, Declan. It's 35 degrees. You're you probably got some kind of fruity drink. You're at the swim-up bar. The band is just blasting and they sound like Santana. And you're looking out on, say, the Caribbean. I don't know where she is, but let's say it's the Caribbean with that aqua water, and you're just feeling like I am young and I am in the spot I want to be. Would you answer the
0: phone? Yes, I'm taking your call every day of the week. Not taking. Low tide. Oh. I wouldn't be what I am if it wasn't for you. So oh, anytime you stop. call, I'm picking up.
2: <laughs> I'm holding you back.
0: I'd be pretty good, no. but I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be yeah. as good. There I guess I'm not that good to start
2: with. No <laughs> chance, and I am again. It's. I said too long at the fair uh about the Eagles' offensive and defensive line. I mean, I am the radio version of Fletcher Cox, and well, I mean, I haven't won a Super Bowl, but. You get my point. Um, Okay, our number two is, how come you booked so many guests? Are you worried about getting old? You need me to pace myself? Is that it?
0: You've won the hearts of thousands of listeners, oh. which is like a Super Bowl. No, well, listen, I think I think we we got a good you know good couple today. Well, and and actually, I'll tell you. Normally, I wouldn't have booked Scott, but I was uh, under the impression Rachel was not going to be here. Well, like you said, she told oh. me she was on vacation. I told you that, and you said, "No, no, sir, she's coming well, on." I sent so, her the
2: stuff, and the, this is all my fault. I no, admit no, it. Not at all. This is a, this is. Old men will old man young people, and that's what happened to both of you in this particular scenario. Okay, we've got hockey rumors on the way. Kevin Rooney is on waivers. He's a center. I don't think he's going to get picked up, but he's an interesting name. We'll talk about him and some trade ideas and rumors. It's on the way. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440.
1: This is a Sports 1440 update.
0: And for your sports 1440 update, brought to you by Tommy Guns. Home of the ultimate grooming experience, the hot towel shaves, awesome haircuts, and treatments were designed for you. Book now at TommyGuns.com. Throughout the Toronto Maple Leafs have signed winger William Nylander to an eight-year, $92 million contract extension with an AAV of $11.5 million. Four games in the NHL tonight, Vancouver in New York against the Rangers, Pittsburgh in Philly against the Flyers, both of those games at five. Then at six, it's the Dallas Stars in Minnesota against the Wild, and finally at seven, the Bruins in Colorado against the Avs. Six games in the NBA today are on the schedule, including the Celtics in Indiana, the Bulls in Charlotte, and the Jazz in Milwaukee. Damian Lillard will miss tonight's game for the Milwaukee Bucks. The Bucks injury report for tonight's game lists the seven-time All-NBA guard is out for personal reasons. The Bucks also won't have reserve guard campaign due to concussion protocol. NFL news is Ron Rivera was fired this morning as the head coach of the Washington Commanders. Owner Josh Harris has hired two prominent executives former Golden State Warriors general manager Bob Myers, and former Minnesota Vikings general manager Rick Spielman. They'll assist his ownership group with searches for a new head coach and a new head of football operations. Another firing in the NFL is the Panthers have fired general manager Scott Fitterer. The move leaves leaves assistant general manager Dan Morgan in charge of the day-to-day operations for the time being, a source close to the team reports. And finally, a new NCAA college football champion will be crowned tonight. The number one Michigan Wolverines will take on the number two Washington Huskies in the college football national championship game. Kickoff for that one at 5.30. I'm Declan Kruger. This has been a sports 1440
3: update.